0: Namaste, this is Design Lota, the podcast where we talk about life as Indian designers. I'm Sushi. And this is Angie. Namaste, really? <laughs> Sounds very NRI-ish,
1: Angie.
0: Uh, well, I was just trying to ease this episode into the Indian aesthetic and wedding-y festive flavor. Ooh. Who's getting married? Um, our weddings are now behind us, Sushi. Uh, so, our mm-hmm. Pinterest mood boarding days are over, at least when it comes to wedding stuff. Uh, <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but I spoke to Saloni Pabuwal Goel, who works on beautiful wedding invites and also other stationery. Yeah, you told me about this. Paper planes, right? I loved her Instagram. Me too. I really like her work. Uh, I'm so excited for you to listen to her story. Hi, Saloni. Welcome
2: to Design Lota. Thank you for doing this. Hi, Angie. Thanks. I heard the last few episodes, though, they were quite awesome. And so I was looking forward. Thanks for listening.
0: So here's what we know about you. You run a stationery and wedding invitation design business Yeah, right? That's right. in Jaipur. Yeah. Paper Plains India. Uh, we checked out your work and we fell in love with yes. it. How did you end up doing this? Tell us about your background, uh, your story.
2: As far as I can remember, like you know since I start, you start thinking about your career and everything, I was just very like creatively inclined. I also come from a family of self trained because at that time there was no formal education in design, so they were all self trained product designers. and since that was my family business, my parents thought that I'd probably gonna I'm gonna do the same. But, you know, then I uh, got through NIFT in Delhi and halfway through my interview over there, I had a complete change of heart and I opted for fashion communication Mm. instead. It is like totally opposite. Uh, There was four years of that and then NID happened where I met you and I took up a course in retail design. Also after, then I went to Central St. Martin's in London for a project. In okay, narrative okay. spaces. So, but somehow after all that dappling with various streams, I just came mm-hmm. back to graphic design. And then the funny thing that I remember, I was in a paper shop once and I kind of uh, called my husband, who was then exactly. a friend. And I was like, you know what, I I really know what I want to do in life. And all this paper stuff and stationery mm-hmm. super excites me. Wow. So this is it.
0: So in your journey, yeah, you've got a so. taste of, uh, you can say, slightly different branches of design. And then it suddenly kind of dawned on you what you wanted to do. Um, So you talked about having a change of heart when you were at the NIFT interview. What happened suddenly uh, which made you pick? Fashion
2: communication. Okay, so what happened at the NIFT interview was they were kind of showing us presentations on how each stream okay. would look like, what it would comprise of. Mm-hmm. So while I was pretty much prepared that I am going to do okay. product design, uh, suddenly they show us a presentation on this barely like a two-year-old stream at NIFT which had like, you know, sub-branches like visual styling, visual merchandising, graphic design. And these were things which were not so familiar at that time. It's almost like 10 years back now. So it just sounded so exciting and it was like an instant decision. And I don't think I regret it at all.
0: So your journey also took you to Central St. Martin's and NID where you focused a little more on uh, spaces and uh, visual merchandising again, right?
2: In a way, yes. So retail spaces and uh, London was more about museums and, you know, spaces basically that tell a story. So I would kind of say that it was more to do with creating Mm, experiences. You know, how a space essentially makes you feel the human emotion that it brings through and uh, funnily enough but that's what I try to do with my products as well now like you know uh, it should invoke sort of an emotion in you when you're using it or you're you know just like should make you feel happier yeah so
0: I'm sure like what you learned about spaces still informs what you're doing and uh, some of your uh, work is available in stores also right so Then you're able to think what it looks like over there.
2: Absolutely. So, I create my own display systems and I send them. So, I have created these display systems, which kind of is like pop-up art. (laughs) So, it kind of is... Uh, derived from okay, paper pop ups, okay. you know, like that. So, uh, yeah, definitely it keeps on influencing my design sensibilities okay, like that. That's amazing.
0: So, what do you find interesting yeah. about what you're doing now and uh, using paper as a medium?
2: So, honestly, uh, what I absolutely love about the work I do is the tactile nature. You know, I love that I can experiment right. with different materials. That I can prototype and create. I love the fact that in this Mm -hmm. day of digitization, I I promote the handwritten, you know, and a generation where probably email Mm -hmm. and WhatsApp is taken for granted. I promote the process of sending out physical mail. (laughs) And I feel there's something so warm, so personal and for a fact, so luxurious in sending out personal mail, that all this digitization yeah. can never overrule. <laughs> so, and I know you're a tech buff and you're all for those digital experiences. But there's a charm to this old world form of communication that I don't think can ever go out of style. Sure.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, good old snail mail. Uh, that is something so personal and you feel yes. special when you receive Uh, mail, mail. Someone's written out your name, so you know it's just not the same with email.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's something you treasure always. You probably like put it in your drawer, keep it forever as as a memory. Yeah,
0: I still have like inland letters, which my friend you know, when we were in school, used to write. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
0: that's. I think that's what paper can do. Um, Yeah, basically, you figured out that you were really interested in paper as a medium. Mm-hmm. And then now you find yourself working with wedding stationery and I know you also have branched out a little bit yeah. into journals, bookmarks.
2: Yeah, so the, primarily I was so in love with the, you know, like the print industry and, you know, getting different things. And also at that time, I used to just feel that this was one one uh, area that needed maximum innovation. Like we right. were so done with seeing those typical wedding cards that would come, which would directly probably go in trash. Like mm-hmm. you know, there was a very right. standard way of how those things used yeah. to happen. Yeah. But now, uh, it's become it's become so innovative. You can keep it really classy. They mm-hmm. can kind of become collectibles. You can create them in forms of products that people right. could actually use and yeah. reuse. So uh, it actually started with kind of uh, innovating that. And uh, then, yes, I've branched into a lot of other stationery items and all as well now. Right. Yeah, which is my way of actually getting into the retail market more.
0: So with wedding stuff, do you find that your work... Kind of becomes like a visual identity for the event in a way. Oh, yes,
2: absolutely. Okay. Well, so it works both ways. Sometimes people have a kind of visual identity set in their minds for their wedding. You know, that, like that's how right. they want it to right. be and everything. So we emulate the same style in our invitations. Mm. But mostly it's us brainstorming and for the wedding we start the visual language and that gets taken further and that becomes like the whole language of the event that okay. follows okay. yeah
0: so so there's a process of uh, sitting down with your client and because it's extremely bespoke right
2: so yeah we do have a process We'll obviously show them our previous work and I also have a lot of inspirational, you know, like products that I've liked and I've collected from all over. So we show them that and, you know, pick and choose. And then after what we gauge what they're kind of inclining towards is when probably we'll come up with a mood board and that's the next step of creating absolutely exclusive concepts.
0: So, this mood board is uh, something physical or you use any
2: tools? It's mostly digital. The uh, mood boards are uh, mostly digital so that we can, you know, make instant changes and create, recreate and everything. But yes, Pinterest is number one on mood board (laughs) creation. And then, yeah, of course, it's it's finally a tactile thing. So, we also have some physical uh, references and everything ready.
0: Yeah, I think Pinterest is huge when it comes to any kind of visual uh, absolutely. absolutely. Right? So you don't have to be a designer. Yeah, yeah.
2: So that's also sometimes what I do. I'll ask my, you know, clients, you send me, send me like four or five images of what you want the look to be like. So, you know, right. they'll do their own Pinterest search and kind of like, you know, at least I get an idea of the vibe that I have to get towards.
0: Right, so right.
2: yeah. So. so even
0: if they can't tell you in words, you uh, take a clue from. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Because sometimes people can't, you know, like sure, not everyone yeah. can draw keywords and tell you their style exactly is what right. they look. Or maybe they mean something else, but visually they want something else. Hmm. But so, but so those things act like perfect uh, sort of stimulators for. Any sort of project. In
0: terms of aesthetics, uh, so you are from Rajasthan, right? Yes. So uh, do you think that really informs your uh, aesthetics as a designer? Yeah.
2: So I think uh, Jaipur or for that matter, Rajasthan as a brand. It's, it just becomes really exotic yeah yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah so it kind of adds that whole dollop of tradition and culture to any equation and it's starts mm. automatically being viewed as as super luxurious right, you know with right. the forts palaces and all the Maharajas and Maharanis being such an interesting part of Rajasthan's history it's just everything that it just screams opulence and which I think mm. is primarily right. what the North Indian wedding industry is all about Right, right. <laughs> and now, more than invitations, I think uh, my line of stationery is kind of uh, reflecting the sensibility more and it it is kind of becoming the usp of paper planes as a brand yeah
0: that's really interesting uh, so even mm-hmm. on your instagram what we've looked at your designs definitely yes. uh, you know like you said it screams uh, luxury opulence uh, you right. use all these motives that we feel oh i might have seen it <laughs> in a fort <laughs> or something yeah yeah yeah. it's, it's kind of
2: it's all inspired and derived from all the historical rajasthan thing, so yeah.
0: so in your day-to-day you know, work as a designer. You um, you work with clients. Do you have any story about like a demanding client or a project that really <laughs> asked a lot from you?
2: Yeah. Well, I think we all do, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that it was kind of from my initial days as a graphic designer, Mm -hmm. when I started with some branding projects and creating logos for different clients. And this is some six years back, and people here in Jaipur, especially, never really understood why they had to pay a price to get which was basically to them Ah. like a simple image on their computer screens. Mm -hmm. You know, they would just one image and write the brand name under that and it's done sort of a thing. So at that time, I had to really struggle with that mindset. But it's absolutely Mm -hmm. now becoming a thing of the past. I think it's just suddenly become like so important. Mm -hmm. Good design and branding has definitely now given the status that it really deserves. Now they know that it really affects uh, like the look and feel of their brand and everything and how it's kind of portrayed to their own customers is of primary importance. Yeah, it sets like a image of your brand, a reputation for your brand. So yeah. I think branding has now become very, very important. Even a homegrown small brand would present themselves so beautifully. Yeah, so everyone is uh, requiring good branding and good design now. Uh, So let's talk about
0: uh, your medium is paper. So I would imagine the production process becomes like vital in uh, your business, right?
2: So it's really funny. But when I used to do branding for my clients earlier on, I kind of understood the importance of providing them with tangible deliverables after Mm -hmm. all my digital attempts with branding sort of failed to get me the monetary edge I realized yeah I realized that you really need to provide them with something some product for them to Mm. feel that it's really their money's worth so then of course that's changed now but it is then when I started production of my own branding materials like simple stuff like big business cards envelopes
0: Mm. all of
2: those things Right. But now the production process has kind of risen to become as crucial as my designs. You know, so right. I really feel it has the potential to essentially make or break completely. You know, a beautiful graphic art with days and nights of hard work. If it's printed on a flimsy paper, it can be deemed absolutely worthless. And, you know, in uh, a literally a straight line printed on... A nice thick textured stock in like a nice gold finish that feels so good to hold can be just so much more uh, prominent and so much more beautiful. So
0: even to give them an idea of what you're about, unless you show them literally on paper. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Very hard for them to imagine what even you're going for. But uh, Mm -hmm. to get that quality, I'm sure you go through an iteration process and... uh,
2: Yeah, so I really have honestly invested a lot of time with my vendors and explaining to them on the job how I want each product to come out. It has kind of been a series of rejections, of reprints, of a lot of to and fro, back and forth. I literally have cupboards full of, uh, you know, sort of inspirational print techniques that I want to, want them to follow and want them to be ingrained in our work. Right. And, uh, but no matter how time pressed we are, we'll never strive to send out anything that won't get like a wow, that's interesting sort of a reaction from my viewer. You know, like right. I told you earlier, also I want each. I really try for each paper planes product to be a complete experience. You know, it should at least mm. hold your attention for a couple of moments.
0: You mentioned like uh, being time pressed, right? So, with the wedding uh, industry that you're in, how does that work out with good quality?
2: So you know, yeah. Earlier, people used to be like, you know, how right. the other wedding uh, vendors would work, like in 15 days they could deliver and everything, but now people have started understanding, especially because they realize that the wedding invitation sets the tone for their whole event. And it kind of is the beginning of the visual language that is going to be followed all through. So people consciously Mm, have been uh, starting this process at least three to four months earlier. And uh, we also now don't take clients who are really, you know, who need Stuff delivered within right. a month or something with because these are again bespoke it really can't work you know it's a custom right. design it's proper production it's all detail-oriented work okay. so okay. Uh, we do keep that time margin with us in uh, hand and, now uh,
0: do you have any um, like some of your stuff is digitized do you do any mm-hmm. like hand painted stuff or it's more Because you need to mass produce also. No, yeah,
2: exactly. So, most Mm -hmm. of it is mass produced. So, even if something, depending on the client, if something is, there's supposed to be like a hand watercolor incorporated or something Mm -hmm. like that. So, it's kind of like all digitized and then printed in bulk.
0: So what are the skills, apart from designing your products, have you had to pick up uh, in order to run your business? Uh,
2: You know, to be honest, I think uh, my software skills were kind of the only thing I have been formally trained for. I don't know, I feel design skills also, Mm. I would like to believe they come from within. Rest, uh, mostly everything I've learned is pretty much on the job. Every new technique that I've tried to incorporate, every raw material... I dabble with every marketing strategy you plan to implement. It's all a huge repertoire of trial and error, risk taking, you know, sort of you'll do it and you'll know it attitude.
0: So even in terms of business and marketing, did you find it's like a new thing for you? So
2: uh, and especially Hmm. like how uh, social media has taken over everything else. So so uh, definitely in, I need to invest a lot of my time and energy and even like thought process and brainstorming to kind of see what the next step could be. And, you know, so we're based out of Jaipur and we're trying to cater to the whole of most of the cities of the country. So it kind of, yes, right. uh, marketing becomes very, very crucial.
0: So right now you are the only designer working on this, right? Um, mm. Do you think about scaling further or getting yourself a design team to work?
2: So, no, I am not the only designer. started with being like the one woman army. But yes, now I have a small team. And I'm definitely uh, going to hire more people in very recent times, in the coming times.
0: Okay, that's a message for everyone. Yeah,
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking.
0: Uh, How do you think you'd go about scaling uh, your aesthetic uh, sense right like paper planes has its own like a visual like, yeah when you look at it you know it's you yeah right so how how do you think you would pass that on when you have a team and
2: uh so basically i think our own work the work that we've done previously it acts like a huge inspiration for people to you know like pick up from uh, what we do, hmm. then we have. Uh, it's a very strong design sensibility that's being followed. So uh, right. basically, that. Then also, we do like a lot of uh, in-house exercises. You know, we'll do like design projects which are not client-related. Every now and then, just to you know, I'll do it okay. with my team just to brush up their skills. Like you know, uh, we'll. We'll uh, design certain movie posters in our language, you know, we'll pick up like a few iconic movies and I'll uh, have them design the posters for that movie. So it kind of, you know, uh, it it gets them into the vibe of doing different products in our uh, signature style.
0: So even if uh, they're not doing client work, there's something interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. And something interesting that they can keep learning. And for me, I mean, they're more and more getting into the tune of the brand.
0: So, as a designer, how would you say you've kind of grown through this whole experience with the paper? Oh, sheets?
2: hugely, very, very. <laughs> it's <laughs> been a huge leap from where I started to where I am right now. With every project that I do now, I see it comes. There comes in more finesse. With every new product okay. I design, comes in more practicality. Every new design that is uh, created here now, we do. A, I mean, the the planning. Uh, part is really reduced and it's become more versatile every design. So yeah, it's been like a whole journey, which the milestone to where we started to where we are right now, there's been a huge leap.
0: So we talked about business skills earlier. Um, Do you find that there's an aspect of even figuring out the cost effectiveness uh, of your products when you're making them while also maintaining the Quality
2: of it, right? See, uh, it's crucial, but for me at this point right now, uh, being cost effective is number two in priority. You know, right now, okay. the focus is only to create beautiful, innovative products that are very nicely designed with a lot of attention to detail that's very, very good quality. And it's absolutely at par with any sort of stationery you'll find internationally. Right. And I'm pretty sure if we nail this, business would definitely follow.
0: It's. I think it's uh, what you're working on requires you to be... Uh, very self-motivated and uh, inspired, right? Absolutely. And also pick yeah, up yeah. on visual design uh, while staying in touch with the Indian aesthetic yes, uh, Rajasthani yes. Uh, so how do you how do you do that? How do you stay motivated? Travel,
2: travel, and travel. So when I travel, <laughs> I love browsing through beautifully curated stores through all these. Nice design museum shops and other museums. Mm -hmm. Then uh, the quaint cafes when you travel, when you come across these pretty quirky stores. And of course, every place I go to, like a design and art and stationery store is a mandatory thing to, you know, visit on my trip. I I go to all stationery stores. I pick up stationery that I don't even end up using it's just compulsive buying, which I'm t- totally guilty of. Then I try to definitely bring in, bring in international standards and the clean, minimal design, which is essentially global, and then carefully mix it with uh, Indian aesthetics.
0: Um, we spoke about travel a couple of episodes ago, and uh, I think this is like a common problem among designers, designers just picking up history yeah. and uh, holding. Absolutely.
2: I think that's pretty much the the incentive for me to start my own stationery brand. I was so like crazy. I was like, I'd rather start making this stuff myself. <laughs> yeah.
0: So soon you'll, if you start a store, there we you'll find all of us yeah. coming there and picking up most stationery.
2: <laughs> I, I I completely agree.
0: <laughs> um, you spoke about travel. So, are there any particular places that you found? Uh, well, super inspiring that you wanna tell those who are listening.
2: Okay, so uh, one of the last places that I visited was Barcelona. The gaudy architecture and you know, like the the free flowing Art Nouveau style, and uh, mm. and so I visited like almost I think all museums in Barcelona and their shops and everything. So yeah, I think that uh, that was a pretty inspiring design wise, pretty inspiring trip. I mean, I collected so many like detailed pictures and then right after that we also did, uh, we also went to Lisbon and Lisbon has these tiled facades of buildings and everything and you know, beautiful, uh, every building has a full tiled facade and you know, like bringing in different patterns and everything together and uh, so yeah, I think I picked up a lot of things from there.
0: Like a visual refresh, right?
2: (laughs) Absolutely. I don't think it's like Mm -hmm. the one place that inspires you. I think every nook and corner Mm -hmm. that you go to even be it even Pondicherry for that matter, you know, any other place, even Pushkar, which is so close to Rajasthan, it has its own, you know, like quaint charm and uh, sort of like a backpackers Mm. paradise sort of thing so you just pick up like something or the other from every every part that you visit to and then I'm living in Jaipur which is like a constant inspiration in itself I mean there is there's so much to explore see you know every time you go to a place that you've been to 100 times before there's a new thing that you end up seeing so Jaipur is like a big big source of inspiration for me yeah you talked
0: about uh travel and uh, the Indian aesthetic, um, do you think it might limit you in some way using the Indian design aesthetic or you feel there is still so much to be uncovered?
2: Oh, so, so, so much to be explored. So much to be explored. We are, we are honestly really fortunate to have a rich history behind us. So there are so many styles and visual languages. There are painting styles. There are all these architectural marvels. A huge cultural variety, ethnicities, so much craft for that instance. I think uh, I have enough raw material to explore for a lifetime. (laughs)
0: Um, Do you borrow from other fields like... uh handicraft or textile design?
2: So I borrow from all kind of art forms. I try to incorporate a huge variety of materials in what I do. In fact, paper, of course, is the primary one. But I accentuate paper with brass, with leather, sometimes even blue pottery, fabrics, marble. And with a whole lot of custom design and fabrications and a lot and lot of prototyping, we... Really, like I said, I, I really want each Paper planes product to be an experience, which most of the brands can't replicate. So, it's
0: that. Um, what are some of the interesting combinations you've tried in uh, wedding invitations?
2: So, um, for both my invitations and stationery, the key is definitely to innovate. So, you know, we always keep taking cues and create a bespoke product where we sync the client's brief with our design sensibilities. So, you know, we've done invitations with pop-up art and we've had embroidered envelopes with custom logos Mm -hmm. embroidered on them, uh, unconventional packaging boxes, some metal fixtures and invitations, some metal charms, leather trunks. Mm -hmm. We sometimes also, you know, (laughs) end up going the extra mile like One time we uh, actually went to a differently abled children's school and we had them paint different motives, which was a super exciting project for them. And then we infused that, we digitally converted it into a digital form and infused that into wedding card covers. So it was a nice, interesting project at that time.
0: That's really interesting. So you like to mix it up and um, you talked about other uh, mediums that you borrow from, but your primary medium is paper right? How do you That's get right. to know paper better? And you go to paper shops or you just mm-hmm. collect samples?
2: Yeah, it's a mix of everything. So you, I go to different stores in different cities and collect swatches that I like. Then, you know, I place orders as per okay. requirement. But now uh, there are so many paper paper merchants who deal in like really different sort of paper. So they keep sending swatch booklets. So there's no variety, there's a variety to okay, choose sorry. from now. One thing you've started
0: thinking about is also WhatsApp invitations. Uh, How do you come up with that idea?
2: That's right. It's actually just the demand of the market. So, you know, yeah, for probably like your main wedding, people prefer it to be more formal and elaborate and hence want to send personalized Mm -hmm. invitations in mail. But for other events and smaller functions around the wedding, WhatsApp invitations are hugely popular. It's sustainable. It's instant. It's there for easy access on your phones. It's perfect as a subtle reminder. So I think in this age of digitized everything, these things work perfectly. And uh, you mentioned
0: sustainability. So in a way, do you think if you make an invitation really beautiful, Uh, people might repurpose it or use it.
2: Yeah, so that's definitely, uh, we think about that a lot while we are kind of doing invitations. You know, if people are getting some paper bags made, I'd urge them not to put their names right on the paper bag so, you know, other people can reuse it. They're just beautifully designed bags. And even for that matter, even the different inserts that I have in my wedding invitations, I'd kind of make them as artworks that you could, you know, literally frame up And put in your walls, on your walls and everything. So, yeah, uh, that is a very strong thought behind my whatever I try to do. How you could reuse it and can be repurposed. Mm -hmm. So, we
0: always like to ask uh, the people we interview for any advice or (laughs) gyan, as we say, for designers, design students. Um, In your case, you may have something to say for people who want to start their own business. What do you want to say to them?
2: I think just begin just start everything can be learned on the job it's fake it till you make it
0: so you want to elaborate
2: a little bit on that (laughs) no really like you know there have been so many projects that uh, they've been just thrown at me and I'd be like I have no idea how am I going to do this but they sound interesting so I just pick them up And then, you know, you just you just there. So you have to kind of uh, figure out your way and, you know, create and make it happen. So it just happens. So (laughs) that has been a very big, uh, big sort of learning experience for me. Like I just agree to things that I find interesting and then I figure it out later. Right, right. I think that's great
0: (laughs) advice because, you know, as designers, we like to uh, say, oh, I'm just conceptualizing and we like to live in that space and just getting inspired, (laughs) you know, making concepts, but just push that you need to just do it. So you've been doing it again (laughs) and again and kind of got you to where you are now,
2: right? Yeah, I mean, it, there have been a couple of instances where it's a beautiful project, but it comes to me at a time when I have no idea or I probably am time pressed, but I'd still agree to do it and figure how right, to do it right. later. So, it really works. Wow.
0: So, the good old thing of design school yeah. where there's a deadline and you just have to do it.
2: <laughs> have to do it, exactly. Right. <laughs> and it kind of like strikes you at right, midnight. Right. <laughs> so, and then you have those yeah,
0: sleepless yeah. Uh, presentations <laughs> the next day. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: that's right Um, Hmm. that's great so any uh, dreams and visions for where you want to take this venture in the future in terms of uh, product innovation as well and uh, even in the retail space how you want to expand
2: so as of now we are available at the Delhi international airport at uh, select crossword Mm -hmm. stores and And now we're also retailing through naika.com and jaipur.com. And we're definitely in conversation with a lot more retailers. In fact, I'm planning to do my own uh, e-commerce website for my own products. So yeah, so we plan to expand our retail in the stationery section. And that's kind of the short-term plan. And long-term, I want Paper Planes to be the Smithsons of India. Wow. Well, I'm, I I know I'm dreaming aloud, but <laughs> then who said we can't? That's
0: great. Uh, you want to tell uh, some of us we, who don't know what Smithson's
2: is? So, Smithson's is a stationery sort of stationery and leather accessories brand based out of the okay. UK. And it's a whole, whole lifestyle that Smithson revolves around. So, you know, they have a whole uh, vibe set around themselves that you'd know. People who kind of are in a certain sort of lifestyle set use their products and it's very again niche very very beautiful handcrafted very nicely done products very slick yeah and very iconic like that in the UK okay
0: so you're going for something where yeah it's going to be like visually (laughs) iconic in India right and it's great that you're using motifs and patterns and aesthetics of where we are and that's great thank you so much for doing this um where can people find you on the web
2: so i'm most active on my instagram and the handle is uh, paper planes india thanks so much angie this was a lot of fun
0: yeah we're going to watch out for your e-commerce store so we can go and yeah, directly yeah. order some yeah yeah beautiful all design
2: school students who can't resist stationery please do
0: <laughs> hey sushi so are you back from the land of exotic stationery
1: Uh, Ah, (laughs) stationery. I love how she talks about tying traditional Indian motifs with minimalism, which is, I think, an aesthetic we don't see too often in India because in our heads, uh, it's always this crowded, colorful Mm. picture of excess that we see in our daily lives. Yeah,
0: I think this concept is slowly catching on in our country where space can denote luxury, right? Or less Mm -hmm. is more. Uh, Mm. There's that sweet spot where Indianness meets luxury and I think she pretty much nails it in her work. I'm sure it takes a lot of iterations with uh, her vendors Mm. and producers to actually achieve that, right?
1: Yeah, tell me about it. It's rare that they get it right on the first Mm. go, especially when you're trying something that's innovative, that's not been done before. I had to go through dozens of print iterations myself while I was working with a stationery brand couple of years ago. Yeah, I can imagine. And uh,
0: especially when it comes to weddings, uh, it becomes vital to understand what the client really wants, uh, especially since it's a -a once-in-a-lifetime thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, mostly. (laughs) With uh, so many options and uh, sites like Pinterest, it can be really confusing, right? And it could easily turn into a mishmash of colors and themes, as I've seen happen quite often. And I almost went down that path at my own wedding. Yeah, that's really
0: why I didn't design my own invitation sushi with all the pressure. I think it was really brave of you to design yours. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it's important to break all those crazy client wishes down to what they actually want. And uh, yeah, like we said, weddings can be a specially sensitive space.
1: Yeah, I understand why she insists on showing the client actual physical prototypes because that would definitely put the client at ease and be reassuring. Yeah,
0: so many things can go wrong uh, as they do at weddings, uh, especially when you're mass printing and uh, sometimes something that looks great on screen may actually look terrible in its printed, uh, say a gold foil version of it, right?
1: Yeah, and all in all, it seems like some really high-stress work, needing presence of mind. It takes a lot of self-motivation to start a business like that. Yeah, that's true. But I really like her advice
0: to just go for it, just begin, and uh, you'll figure it out on the way.
1: Hey listeners, do you have a design business idea or a startup story of your own? Tweet to us at designlota and tell us all about it. The references
0: and the transcript can be found at designlota.com. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes and also now on Stitcher. So follow us and stay tuned for new episodes
1: every Wednesday. Join us next week for a crackling discussion on design process. Until then, bye!